Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. Um, I want you to write down the message title for tonight, or you can say it after me, when the Savior seems silent. Can somebody say that? We'll do that in unison here in a second. Ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Now, I named this message, um, this title, because I really wanted this message to be for anyone that has ever felt like God was silent whenever you needed him the most. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like that before, whenever you needed God the most, and that's when it seemed like he was most silent. Now, I already know there's some people in here that may be saying, Caleb, don't we have the Bible to read, which is God's written word to humanity that can speak to us every day whenever we open it? And yes, I believe in that. I believe that the word of God, the Bible is there to instruct us, to lead us, to guide us, and to direct us, and most importantly, uh, point us to Jesus Christ. Uh, But sometimes we get into some situations or instances where we need a specific answer or we need specific guidance for a situation. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Um, Just to give you a couple of just ideas or maybe situations, maybe um, you ask God to heal you or someone that you know, know from a disease or illness, or maybe you ask God to restore a relationship in your life, or maybe you're single and you're asking God to send the right partner. Can I hear an amen from all the single people in the building tonight? Wow, I got a good response. Keep it up. Just keep on responding like that. Or maybe you ask God to bring financial provision or maybe direct your career path or your education path. And I've asked God similar questions like that in my life before. And sometimes, you know, I prayed to God and I felt like God heard me because he answered my prayer. Like, I remember on one occasion, it was coming into my junior year of high school and I had signed up for the work program. And I needed to have a job by the time that school started. And it was the end of the summer and I, had, I, I didn't have a job yet. I was applying to different places. I was thinking about different places, but nothing really stuck because I really needed a special job with like, you know, certain hours so that way I can still participate and get involved at church because for me, you know, Jesus is first, church is first. And like I talked to my dad, he asked me how things were going and uh, I told him while we were on vacation, I said, "Uh, dad, I I don't have a job yet. I signed up for the work program and I don't have a job. I don't know what to do. He said, have you prayed about it? And if I'm being honest, I said, no, I didn't even think to pray about that, all right? And he said, well, why don't we just pray right now? So we had prayed and we agreed while we're on vacation in the car, and he said, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for just sending the right job, that, that he would have the right job, not just any job, so that way he can help serve in your house. And guys, I kid you not, out of nowhere, anonymously, I get a phone call the very next day while we're on vacation from an elementary school that saw my record, they saw my file, they knew that I signed up for the work program for school, and they said, hey, we think you would be a great candidate to work here. And the hours were perfect. I met some amazing people. The environment was just phenomenal, and they hired me right there on the spot. God had answered my prayer. Do we have any people in here that believe that we serve a God that still answers prayer today? And sometimes we have not because we ask not. Maybe you're facing something in your life right now and you don't know what to do. Has it ever occurred to you that you have a line straight to heaven where you can talk to God and tell him what you have need of? You can go to God in prayer and petition. But like I said, I felt like I prayed sometimes and God heard me and he answered me. But on other times, I'm being honest, I felt like I prayed and I felt like God was silent. 
Has God ever felt silent to you before? Like, what do you do when heaven seems silent? I, I want to submit to you tonight that God usually does his best work when it seems like he's up to no work. That God usually does his best work when it seems like he is up to no work. That when Jesus seems most silent, that is usually whenever he is most listening. And I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but did you know that the word silent and the word listen are actually made up of the same letters? The word silent and the word listen are made up of the same letters. All you got to do is jumble up the letters and silent and you get listen. See, Ecclesiastes says, it tells us that there's a time to keep silent and a time to speak. So just because God seems silent, that doesn't mean that God is not listening. In fact, whenever it seems like God is most silent, that is usually whenever God is most listening and he sees exactly where you're at. Anybody thankful that we serve a God that doesn't turn the ear, but he listens to his children? But what I want to do tonight, I want to take a look at a story in the Gospel of John in chapter number 11 where we find someone by the name of Lazarus. Some of you guys may be familiar familiar with this passage of scripture, but Lazarus becomes very ill. He becomes very sick, and his sisters Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus, and Jesus seems to not care, and it seems like Jesus is silent. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 11, verse 1 through 7. I'm reading out of the NIV. You can turn there, get there. I'll give you a second, and you can turn your attention to the screen if you don't have a Bible. It says this, um, now a man named Lazarus was sick, he was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters, the sisters sent word to Jesus, saying, Lord, the one you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days, and then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judea. And for the sake of time, we're not going to read this whole chapter. I want to, I want to read this portion and also the latter part, so I want to paraphrase kind of what happened in between these two parts, so we know that Jesus, he gets this message from Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus. Lazarus is very sick, and he responds by saying that this sickness will not end in death, but what we find out is Lazarus actually dies, and Jesus decides to stay where he, where he is for a couple of days, and then he arrives in Bethany, the place where Lazarus is dead, and at this point, Lazarus is dead for four days, and when he comes into Bethany, Martha, one of the sisters of Lazarus, actually approaches Jesus when she hears that Jesus is in town, and she goes to Jesus, and I can understand her frustration. She says, Jesus, if you would have came here on time, my brother wouldn't have died. And Jesus responds, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. And then afterward, the other sister, Mary, comes and approaches Jesus, and this is what happens. This is where we pick up right here in John chapter 11, verse 32, skipping down a couple verses. It says, when Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. Can somebody say Jesus wept? 
if you want to start memorizing scripture in the Bible, which I believe there's power in scripture memorization, I encourage you to start with this verse right here, Jesus wept, because this is actually the shortest verse in the Bible. But it's also one of the most moving because it says that Jesus wept. Jesus was moved to tears. He wasn't just crying, but he was weeping with sorrow. And spoiler, spoiler alert for those that don't know how the story ends, we find out that Jesus actually raises Lazarus back from the dead. He resurrects Lazarus, right? And I begin to think, why would Jesus weep if he knew that shortly after, Lazarus would be risen from the dead? I was thinking about it. Sometimes I just think about that whenever I read scripture. Jesus wept. I think it's because Jesus was seeing firsthand what death, what sin had done to humanity. The Bible says, for the wages of sin is death. And Jesus knew that death was never supposed to be part of the equation for, hum for humanity, that you weren't designed for death. So whenever Jesus approached the, the tomb of Lazarus, he sees people weeping. He sees the, the, the dead body of Lazarus, and I'm sure it just breaks Jesus's heart. And it continue, and we continue on where it says this, then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, because some of them were doubting Jesus, and we're almost done, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the, sis the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. Somebody say four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come out. Now, some scholars suggest the reason that Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, is because if Lazarus would have just said, come out, the whole graveyard would have risen on that day. He said, Lazarus, Come out, and it continues on by saying this. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Somebody say, let him go. And we're done reading right there. You can breathe now. So one thing I want you guys to really grasp and understand is that Lazarus, Mary, and Martha, um, they weren't strangers to Jesus. These weren't some random anonymous people to Jesus. Um, in fact, whenever Jesus traveled to Jerusalem, whenever he stayed in Jerusalem, um, he would often stay at their house in Bethany. Bethany was about two miles away from Jerusalem. And this Mary wasn't the mother of Jesus, Mary, but this Mary was the one who poured expensive perfume on Jesus. So she was a worshiper. She was a sacrificial giver. These three people uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, they had a close relationship with Jesus Christ. And these same people that, that, that had a close relationship with Jesus faced sickness, suffering, and silence. And it says that they sent a message to Jesus telling Jesus that the one telling Jesus that the one that he loves is sick. And Jesus has healed countless people at this point, and Lazarus needed healing. But guess what? It says that Jesus waited until four days after Lazarus' death to show up. Jesus didn't even attend the funeral. Jesus didn't even send a message back about Lazarus. What do you do 
when the Savior seemed silent. They needed Jesus. They were, they were waiting for Jesus. I'm, I can imagine them looking, looking, I don't know if they had clocks like we do right now, but I can imagine them looking at the sky, looking off in the distance, the entrance of Bethany. They're, they're asking, hey, Jesus should be here any moment now. And they're, they're, they're encouraging the brother Lazarus who, who is struggling to stay alive. Hey, Jesus is going to be here. What do you do when the Savior seems silent? My first point tonight is this, is that don't ever mistake the silence of God for the absence of God. Don't ever mistake the silence of God for the absence of God. I can imagine Mary, Martha, and Lazarus feeling abandoned, feeling neglected, feeling pushed aside, feeling like Jesus had forgotten about them, but that was not the case. Jesus knew exactly what was taking place all Along. The Bible says this, that God would never leave us and God will never forsake us. See, one of the misconceptions of Christianity is this, is that the only reason that God seems silent and the only reason that you're facing trouble is due to a sin that's taking place in your life, which we know that's not always the case because we can look at someone in the Bible like Job, which the scripture says was a perfect and upright man. And yet, he, in one day, he lost all of his children, all of his livestock, and his servants had passed away, and he sat for days infected with boil sores, and, and meanwhile, it seemed like God was absent. It seemed like God was silent. He had a conversation with God, asking God, God, where are you? God, why are you allowing me to do this? Uh, I've done everything I can my whole life to please you, and yet Job was suffering. It says that his friends came to, to him, and, and they begin to, you know, jump to conclusions saying, Job, the reason that you're, you're suffering, the reason that you're going through what you're going through is due to some evil that's taking place in your life, which we know that's not the case. And the truth is, God was not punishing Job. God was not punishing Job. He allowed Job to go through the pain and suffering for a greater purpose. And it says that after Job had went through the pain and suffering, that he had twice as many possessions as he did before. So what looked like a setback was really a setup. And what looked like a setback to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus was really a setup for God to do something miraculous. If you believe that tonight, I want you to repeat after me. Say, my setback is really a setup for a comeback. I'm going to ask you to say that again, but I only want the people that truly believe that to say it with me. If you believe that in your heart right now, that we serve a God that can work all things together for good, say, my setback is a setup for a comeback. Now give God a hand clap if you believe that. See, guess what? God never left Job. God never truly left Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and God has never left you. The pain and suffering that you're experiencing in your life is not a result of God's punishment in your life. Guess what? All punishment and wrath was poured out on Jesus Christ, our Savior, over 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ did not come to give you what you deserve. Jesus Christ came to give you what he deserves. If you're thankful for that tonight, give God a hand clap. And as I was putting together this message, I was thinking of a, of a time years and years ago, um, whenever our church was in our early stages, it was an Easter Sunday service. 
And my dad stepped up on stage, and at this time we had two services. And when he stepped up on stage, he became very lightheaded. He became very drained, and he was about to faint on the stage. He had to end this service early, and we had to take him to the emergency room. And when we took him to the emergency room, the doctors told him that all the serotonin in his body, his adrenal glands and everything was shriveled up and used, and it was depleted. And, and, and at this time, you got to understand, he was working a full-time job at Steck. He was a full-time pastor, full-time dad, praying and fasting. My dad's a hard worker, y'all. He was doing all these things, but he didn't, he didn't fully rest like he needed to at different times and take the nutrition that he needed. I don't know about you, but we got to take care of our temple or this temporary body that we have because if we don't take care of ourselves, we may wreck ourselves at times. So he got told that in the hospital. And, and guys, guess what? For a whole year, my dad was bedridden at home. He couldn't get up from his bed without him almost falling over. And for a whole year, the church couldn't hear my dad preach. And my dad said on multiple occasions, he just felt like the spirit of death. He felt the enemy just speaking to his ear saying, you're going to die. This is it. You're not going to come back. All my dad could do in this moment was lay his head back on his pillow and just pray and talk to God. And he prayed in the spirit. And my dad told me that during this time, this was the time where he started truly and clearly hearing the voice of God. And he started hearing the voice of God and God was speaking to him. And whenever he had enough energy and strength to come back to church, he stepped up on the stage to preach. And he said, he said, he told it to me like this. He said, Caleb, it was like God never allowed me to preach because whenever I stepped up on stage, the presence of God just came down. People came up to the front. People were receiving healing. People were receiving freedom. They were receiving deliverance. God was filling them up. God was using me to speak clearly to them. And this happened week after week. And he said, uh, he, he asked God, God, why are you allowing this to happen? God, why is this taking place? And then he went to a men's, uh, he went to a men's conference in Columbus, Texas. And he was asking God that question. And a young man that didn't even know my dad came up to my dad and he said, sir, I don't know who you are, what's going on, but God told me to tell you, to tell you thank you for allowing him to move the way that you've been allowing him to move every single service. And that was confirmation and affirmation from God that, that God was using him and he was moving through him and he was being obedient to God. The reason I say that is this. I don't think my dad would have known God in that deeper, more intimate way if he didn't go through that season, season of suffering. I don't think he would have known God in that deeper, more intimate way if he, went, if he didn't go through that season of suffering. See, sometimes in order for God to use us greatly, life has to wound us deeply. Sometimes in order for God to use us greatly, life has to wound us deeply. deeply. And sometimes I think we question God. I don't know if you've ever questioned God this before. God, why would you allow me to go through the pain and suffering that I'm going through? I'm sure that Mary and Martha and Lazarus were thinking the same thing. Jesus, why are you allowing us to go through this? Think about this. Jesus could have easily healed them. In fact, Jesus could have spoken a word of healing from a distance, and Lazarus could have been healed. But it says that Jesus waited four days because it said that he loved them. And that got me that Jesus loved them, therefore he waited. You would think that if Jesus really loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, he would show up at their beckoning call. 
Like, this, this Jesus, this is God, he could have teleported to where they were at. He didn't even have to be there. He could have spoken a word of healing, and he would have received healing. But it says that Jesus waited where he was. Why? Because it says that, that Jesus loved them. Why would love wait that long to show up? One of the reasons I believe that Jesus waited is because he wanted to reveal himself in a deeper way. Get this. They wanted a healing but Jesus wanted a resurrection. They knew Jesus as a healer, but they didn't personally know Jesus as a resurrector. They knew Jesus as a healer, but they didn't personally know Jesus as a resurrector. So maybe the reason you're going through what you're going through and you've gone through what you've gone through is so that way you can know God in a way that you've never truly experienced him or known him before. Let me be more specific. Maybe the reason that you had that financial problem so, was so that way you could know God as a provider. Maybe if you never went through that addiction, maybe you wouldn't have known God as a deliverer. If you never went through that betrayal, maybe you would have never known God as a justifier. Maybe if you'd never went through that marital struggle, you wouldn't have known God as a restorer. Maybe if you never went through that, single, that season of singleness, maybe you would have never known God as your first love. Maybe if you never had that illness, that sickness or disease, maybe you would have never known God as a, as a healer. I'm not saying that God did, caused it. All I'm saying is God can use it for his glory and for his good. If you believe that tonight, you've ever been through anything tonight, Give him a shout of praise right now. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. God can use it. Somebody say, God can use it. And as we get ready to close, because like I said, tonight's message is going to be shorter. You guys can pay attention right here. I know that the rain is going. The Astros are playing. But I want you guys just to be all in right here. The story goes on to say that Jews gathered around Jesus when Jesus shows up to the tomb of Lazarus. So there's Jews that are around Jesus during this time, wondering what Jesus is about to do. And it says that, and at this, at this point in time, it says that you can smell the odor from Lazarus, Lazarus's dead and decomposing and rotting body. And that Jews begin to doubt Jesus. They begin to doubt Jesus. They begin to say things like, if he could open up the eyes of the blind, why couldn't Jesus have healed Lazarus? Why did Lazarus have to die? Why did he have to die? And one of the beliefs of Jewish people during this time was that, and this is important for us to grasp and understand, one of the beliefs was that when someone passed away, three days after their death, their spirit would hover over their body, and there would be a chance of resurrection, and there would be a chance of life and redemption. And then after the three days, the spirit would leave and there would be no chance for any of that. So I don't think it was a coincidence that Jesus Christ waited four days. He waited four days until Lazarus was dead to show up. Because at this time, get this, the people thought it was too late. They thought Lazarus was too far gone and they thought it was, was impossible. But I came to declare tonight my last point. Just because it's too late for man doesn't mean that it's too late for God. See, he wanted to let them know that resurrection isn't something that he does. Resurrection in life is something that he is. He is the resurrection and the life. And what Mary and Martha didn't know in that moment 
was that Jesus was fixing to use their pain as a platform to display and broadcast the goodness of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, and the power of God. And sometimes God will wait until every hater, until every critic, until every doubter looks at you, looks at your situation, and say, it's done, it's too far gone, it's over, there's no chance for that marriage, there's no chance for that business, there's no chance for a future, they're already, they're already done, and Jesus will wait until that moment to show up sometimes because he wants you to be sure and he wants other people to be sure that, that if he would have came on the time that you wanted him to come, people would have thought it was you. But he waited until everybody had lost hope so that way people would know it was because of him. Oh my gosh, that is so good. I feel the anointing right now. Come on, stand to your feet tonight. See, what Jesus did, this is what's amazing. Jesus did this and it caused a stir. It caused a stir. And many people decided to follow after Jesus after this moment. Somebody say this with me tonight. You gotta believe this. Say, my pain has a purpose. Say it with me one more time. Say, my pain has a purpose. And think about this. All Mary and Martha had to do, they didn't have to do backflip, they didn't have to do much. All they had to do was trusting God and show Jesus where Lazarus was buried. Could there be some dead things in your life that Jesus wants to resurrect? All you have to do is let Jesus in. Show Jesus where you feel like quitting or where you quit. It's never too late for God. How many people in here are thankful that we serve a God that still brings dead things to life? It may be too late for man, but it's never too late for God. What's impossible for man is possible for God. Anybody receive this word tonight? Anybody grab a hold of something? He's so good. Don't lose hope. Don't quit. You're on the edge of your breakthrough. See, persistence always beats resistance. Keep trusting in God. Keep coming to church. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Keep surrounding yourself with the right people. You're right on the edge of your breakthrough. You came way too far to give up. God can bring dead things back to life. He can take your marriage. He can restore it. He can repair it. He can make your, your, your past. He can use things of the past, your stupidity, things that you did in your future. He's done it for me and he can turn it for good. He can't do it. And what I want to do right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, every heart open, I want to pray over you right now, a specific prayer. And then after we're going to have a chance for someone to give their life to Jesus, but I want to pray right now over every person that is currently struggling, that feels like throwing in the towel, that feels like God is silent. It's all a setup. It's all a setup. It's your setback was a setup for a comeback. I want to pray right now. God, right now, I pray for just hope. I pray right now, Jesus, just for, for you to come in, Lord, to give people a new perspective, a new revelation, God, of who you are, Jesus. God, you may not have caused it, but that doesn't mean that you can't use it. I pray that we would come to know you in a deeper, richer way. Somebody repeat after me tonight. Say, Jesus, I trust in you at all times with dead things, with broken things, with damaged things, there's nothing impossible for you. Your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. I choose to trust in you. In Jesus' name, you've got a hand clap, church. And what I wanna do right now, 
before we release, before we dismiss, before we go watch the Astros, whatever you have planned tonight, I think it's so important to give somebody in here an opportunity to give their life to Jesus. We believe in the blood and the power of Jesus and the power of the cross and what Jesus Christ did over 2,000 years ago. He didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He wasn't just an average, ordinary man, but he was God in the flesh, 100% man and 100% God. He is Lord and he reigns supreme and he died on the cross for you because he loves you and wants to have a relationship with you and wants to spend eternity with you in heaven. So what we're gonna do right now with every head bowed, every head closed, I want you to repeat after me this prayer. And this is all you gotta do. You just gotta pray, pray a prayer of repentance. Just pray with me right now. Maybe church family, you've prayed this prayer thousands of times. Pray it like it's your very first time. And maybe this can be your first time praying this prayer. Congratulations, we're with you. We believe with you. We're gonna pray it together. Say, Jesus, I repent for all of my sins. I'm sorry for everything I've ever done. I forgive other people. I love you. I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you died, and I believe that you rose. In Jesus' name, amen. Give God a hand clap, church family. Come on. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.